0: You, most of us are never going to frost somebody's hair. Oh, is that a thing? You no. still frost hair? No, no, we don't. <laughs> what do you do now? What's it <laughs> <a> called? <color>? Yeah. <laughs> I, I told I, you, I go to Gray Clips. Yeah, they the, frost hair uh, at Gray Clips. no. <laughs> so you do what? You do a coloring?
1: That, you we, know what's it called? We would say we we lighten people's hair. You light? okay. Yeah, that's that would be the modern
0: phrase for that. <laughs> yeah, that's how I met my wife.
1: What, that's that was the that was the look.
0: Yeah, I was I was in church. I was checking it out. I might might have gone there to work. It was in Pittsburgh, and she was in the back, and she saw the back of my head, and she assumed I was some. 40 year old or 35 year old established person because I was graying. I know I wasn't graying. There was a person I knew who was doing a hair show, and she said, If you will let me frost your hair, I'll give you a free haircut, but you got to come to this hair show. I said, Okay, fine. So I went there, frost. She thought I was gray. And then she found out, no, I'm not this established man. I am up to my eyeballs in yeah, credit card debt. Yeah. Tips, babe. That's all I got. All going I got. For in, me. in terms of financially, I'm just frosted. That's yeah, all I have for this. frosted <laughs> across the board. <laughs> Welcome to the aggressive life, dude. We gotta have some fun today. Oh yeah, lots of fun. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun today. You know, people think that the aggressive life is this man podcast. I am a man but it's not a man podcast. It may speak to men, but it's not a man podcast. Maybe people think that because I do some sort of stereotypical man things on here, but then, you know, I'm, you can't put me in a box, Dirk. That's right. Don't put That's me in right. a box. going to break out. Sometimes I t- cover topics and or hang with friends who do not do stereotypical man things. They are manly, just not stereotypical manly. Today, we're going to talk with a, a friend of mine who is a hairstylist, who is an owner of a salon, a massive salon, He's got a lot, a lot, a lot of people. He started a hair camp, like I'm big on man camp. He does hair camp, which is not necessarily in the woods. He's got a lot to talk to us today. He's got a lot of aggressive counsel for us. What, the Sam Hills, are you doing here? What's up, Brian? How <laughs> oh, are Hills, rather, excuse hills. me. Yeah. Have you thought about making your last name singular? Because you are, you're are you're a singular thing, not a multiple thing.
1: Yeah, I mean... A lot of people have tried in the past. They have. They tried to drop the yes, yes, for various reasons, <laughs> one of which is, you know, in the Sam Hill.
0: Well, it doesn't matter because that, that's your nickname. What the Sam Hills of are you course, talking about? Yeah. Was I the first person to do that?
1: Uh, no, that's no. been happening
0: for a Darn minute. it! Yeah.
1: But the, the median age of that joke is typically, I would say, you know— no offense, but sixty plus that 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 that's that's going away with uh, the newer generations.
0: So newer generations don't know this. Yeah, the, that's a, a historical joke. Well, that's cool then. So, um, so for the newer generations, we'll just tell them that I invented it because it's it's pretty <laughs> hot. That's yeah, that's, yeah.
1: That's news to them.
0: Uh, well, where did this come from? What the Sam Hell was Sam Hill? Or Sam Hell? Yeah. So Sam, um, do you know do you know the etymology of that phrase? I do. Oh, yeah. tell me.
1: So um, it was a way of. Invoking what in the hell without feeling like people were swearing? Okay. So um, and Sam Hill. I don't know if he's a fictitious person. I know there's some historical figures named that, but um, as far as I know, it was just a made-up phrase to sort of curb feeling like you were actually cursing. Well, I'm, and it was a Southern phrase.
0: It was a Southern yeah. phrase. Yeah, so I know a Sam Hills and I know a Sam Hill, right? Uh, or is her yeah. name Hills too? Is no, it no, Hills I, or Hill? I think it's Hill. Yeah. It's great. Singular. I have two people I get to say it to every time. <laughs> right. Both of you think your nickname is original to you, but it is not. It's
1: not. No, very unoriginal. <laughs> and
0: you, t- you seem to go along with it just fine. She actually gets very annoyed. I, I look at her face. Have <laughs> you, you ever try- her, uh, said to her, What the Sam Hill are you doing? I, no, I have not. No. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, so Sam, tell us about your life. Yeah.
1: Um, well, it's an interesting life. Yes, I know. Uh, I grew up in northwestern Pennsylvania, um, came to Cincinnati, Ohio to pursue youth ministry. I thought I was going to work with kids and work at a church. And uh, and soon after that, um, and just exploring that option, I realized maybe, maybe this isn't what I want. So I um, started playing music, played music full time, moved to Nashville, toured with some top 40 Christian bands back in the early 2000s, playing drums and being on the road, and you know that that totally threw a wrench in my my little 4-year bachelor's degree plan huh. and uh when the dust started to settle and and I looked at my life and I said what do I want? I knew I wanted a family. I knew I wanted to marry a girl back in Cincinnati and I knew I didn't want to be a youth minister anymore. So uh I started to pursue other options and found myself uh starting to go after hairstyling.
0: Yeah. The youth ministry thing is a really interesting gig. You and I share that in common. Most of us, when we get into that, we think that's going to be our thing for life. Did you think that was going to be your thing for life?
1: I think when from, you started? yeah, from when I was a kid Yeah. And, and I grew up in a, it was kind of the pedigree of our family. We, oh. we, everyone came to Cincinnati Bible college, which was here in town for years. Then it became Cincinnati Christian university, but, uh, and
0: then it, it became,
1: Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's no longer in existence. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, my big brother was a youth minister. I idolized him, a lot of the people that were big influences in my life. And so it felt like a natural thing to pursue because the people that I looked up to were in positions like that. And of course, at that age, you're like, you know, I want to be like you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then the more I discovered who I was, the more I discovered that I didn't have to be like these guys. I actually could make my own way.
0: Well, we also want to make our mark on the world. And and when you're in high school trying to figure out a career, sometimes it's hard to figure out how you make your mark as a plumber or as an ad executive or something like that, you yeah, know? Yeah, And so it's a real easy connect, like, ooh, my, my, life, could, my life could matter.
1: Right. Yeah. And I, I, I think that discovery of self is so important, in that, especially in those years. Like, identity is everything up until that point that people told you you were. Yeah. And then you get to sort of play with, like, who am I? And what are my talents? What are my gifts? Where can I start to make an impact?
0: So, the thing that's I think so interesting about you and your story, and I'd like you to get into some stats if you can, is you had a very unique upbringing, a very unique career path, to now where you're breaking goals, setting charts, doing innovative entrepreneur things in the hair space. Yeah. Which blows me away, which, you know, You know me. I don't know if you've ever. If you're, I don't think you've ever cut my hair, have you? I've never had the pleasure. You've never. I've,
1: I've. We've talked about it many times,
0: but. Or there you go, pleasure. Like you really love it. It's a blast. (laughs) You literally love it. Yeah. And I know people who go to you religiously. Yeah. Because they feel emotionally and spiritually built into the way you cut their hair.
1: Yeah, I mean, what gets me out of bed in the mornings? Not hair. Like that's not what you know pops me up and puts my feet on the ground. It's it's literally that moment where you are with the person and you're speaking their identity and you're getting to just encourage and reveal truths about who they are. Here's the medium. It's 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 how we get to the end. It's the means to the end. Um it's never been about hair directly. But what's really cool is you get to have this amazing process of creating something and, you know, we, we, we deal in beauty, and it's, it's a really cool way to, to speak to someone's identity.
0: Speaking their identity. How do you determine what their identity is? Yeah. I mean,
1: here's, here's the assumption, is that everyone is beautiful. That's a fact. Like, like that is a God-created uh, declaration of truth.
0: Okay, let's stop right there. Okay. Because most people would not agree with that. Okay define beautiful everyone's beautiful
1: yeah i mean it the uniqueness of each of us is a beautiful thing and so you know of course society says no this is what beauty is this is how much it weighs or this is what its skin texture looks like or this is what color hair it has like we define what beauty is as a society or as a culture but if you just sort of peel back that surfacey stuff you really start to see man like god's creation is good like he went and and that just didn't happen in the garden when he made the thing. He said, it is good. That happens with people every time he speaks them into existence. Mm. He's like, you are good. His creation is always good. And the lie is, is that no, it doesn't add up. It's not enough. It's too, it's too fat or it's too, it's too red or it's too, too, uh, you know, out of shape or it's, it's too stringy or whatever it is, right? Whatever people's hang up is with their identity. And so... Man, we, we come to face-to-face to, face to face with that every day with the people that sit in our chair. And so knowing that that's that's what we're that's the reality of everyone who sits in, even the most gorgeous person will, will walk into the space and, and, you know, they've got everything you would think they would need to be able to say, yeah, I'm killing it, right? I'm beautiful. And yet, you know, within a few words or a few conversations of the fact they can't make eye contact with themselves in the mirror, mm. that, uh, that that's a struggle, and so we just assume that everyone is in the same place with this, that their identity has been shaken, that the world has been th- hurling lies at them that they don't add up or measure up. And we feel like it's our job for the next 45 minutes to three hours that they're sitting in our chair to, to go to battle against
0: some of those lies. So when you say we, how many yeah. we? Like give us a sense of the size of your operation, all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, we started in 2010 with four of us, myself and a handful of stylists and now we, we usually have about thirty-five people working for the salon. Um, one location. One location, yeah. Yeah, we've grown a ton over the past thirteen years. But yeah, I mean it's it's to be able to sort of like do battle for beauty as a as a team is is a is a privilege and it's pretty awesome. And then also the scale of that, the impact we get to make. Yeah. You know, we we will see this next year around twenty six thousand just individuals that will come in for a service throughout the year. You know, it's the size of the FC stadium. Wow. And so wow. really, like, we see it as a ripple. Okay, yeah. so if these people walk out feeling a little more confident, feeling a little more sure of themselves, their shoulders are a little higher for the day, then, like, what impact does that have on our city? Right. Like a rising tide raises all ships. So if people are walking onto here feeling good, boom. Like, it's a different <laughs> world we're living in, right?
0: Right. Yeah. How have you been able to scale it in terms of these skills, which I want to dig into these skills because— uh, one, the only reason I don't go to you, well, two reasons I don't go to you. One, I have very low standards for my personal appearance. Fair enough. <laughs> very low standards <laughs> for my, for my hair. And two, I don't value hair enough to schedule it. And you got to schedule you like six months out in advance. You personally, from what I understand. It depends right? on
1: who you see. Yeah. Sometimes I'm a year out. It just depends. A on, year out. Yeah.
0: Okay. And I just go into gray clips right here. Great. Good. Yeah. And, and.
1: We it, call and that in the grass. You just got to mow the grass.
0: I agree. I'm (laughs) mowing the grass. Absolutely sure. So some people are a year out for you. How are you reproducing or replicating your skill set in other people? Or are you not? I mean, the skill set of not mowing the grass, but of picking up the cues of someone's identity and how to to puff them up. Yeah, I mean,
1: I would say not everyone is wired for that. I think everyone is capable of that, but I think, you know, what we look for whenever we bring someone onto the team is that they've got a baseline for being able to just do this. They're going to yeah. do it in Kroger, they're going to do it at the bar when they're having a drink, and they're going to do it at, the, at their work, right? So really, like, our vetting process is, you know, hungry, humble, smart. Is, do, are these people, you know, those three things? And if they're all three of those things, we know they're going to kill. And it actually has very little to do with the hair they do. Has everything with the way that, with the way that they see the world. So you know, if they're hungry, they're going to be going after it hard. Whatever it is they're trying to achieve, whatever it is they're trying to do, their growth trajectory is strong and steep. If they're humble, they have the ability to say, like, okay, I see the best in each other. I get out of the way of that. It's not about yep. me. It's yep. about building others up, right? They've got that servant heart. And then smart, right? It, it's it's applying those two, first two things, which is how can I serve and how can I aggressively go after the things I'm passionate yep. about and the goals I have? Smart is you apply those things every day. Here's what it looks like played out. Here's what Here's what my plan is. Tomorrow, next week, five years from now, right? And they, they put things in, in place to achieve those goals. So we look for people that think like that. You know, we just went through a hiring process. We've had some, we have had some spaces at High Five that we wanted to put stylists in. I think we, we curbed probably 30 to 40 resumes. I sat across the table with 15 of them, and we found three people that we felt were like, this is, this is a good
0: how many chairs are open at one time at your place? At your Yeah, salon?
1: I mean we're we're full. We're the salon is full at fifteen stylists. Okay. Yeah. So
0: fifteen, or they're cutting hair, mowing yeah, yeah, the grass, yeah. having conversations at mm-hmm. one time. That's yeah, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's kind of the sweet spot. We've grown bigger than that. We've been smaller than that, and between like you know from a from a culture standpoint, fifteen feels like we still have a lot of sort of connectedness as a culture and as a team.
0: The reputation with you and why you're a year booked out, which that's kind of crazy, you know, to think that, to think that you are that wanted, that love, that needed, that someone's going to think forward a year to do that. I'm, I might think forward a year to plan my family vacation. Right. Might. In reality, I don't. In reality, it's my oldest born daughter who gets upset that I'm not doing it. And then she figures out, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> So the the people are doing this shows the value that they're getting from you and it's not it's not the haircutting value though I'm sure you're very very good it's the you know people are they're getting a friend yeah they're getting a a therapist yeah somebody who understands them you, you talked about uh, looking for the cues you just mentioned one like accidentally that a beautiful person in the world's eyes has a hard time making eye contact with themselves in the mirror. For you to do this, there's got to be some combination of spiritual discernment and then you just putting in your reps and noticing things other people don't. Which, what percent of that would you think that is for you? Spiritual discernment or just putting in your reps? Yeah, I
1: mean, it, it depends on how how I'm doing as a person, right? Because mm. I think I think both of which— can achieve a great outcome, at least behind the chair, right? Yeah. I know that, like, if I'm, if I'm going through the motions and I, I get this person in, give them the service, crush their hair, they leave, great, right? But I, when I am in a good place, right, I am actually looking beyond, like, that moment, beyond the hair and looking for opportunities to step in and to speak to that identity or to serve them. And so I kind of play this, like, red light, green light game. With, the, with God's spirit. And I'm like, okay, you know, as this person's here, just kind of listening to myself, kind of doing this like assessment, looking within and saying, all right, do I have a red light here or a green light to just go a little deeper with this person? Maybe they gave me a cue on how their week was. Maybe they, maybe they gave me some insight to, to feeling frustrated or drained or whatever. And so I'll just sort of do a little gut check. Like, and if I feel like I've got a green light, I'll lean into that a little bit more. You know, maybe ask a question or speak to that. or And it's amazing how, how many times that just opens things up.
0: And you think a green light is when someone says something in such yep. a way that they're inviting you yeah. to say something Just kind of them. giving
1: the conversation permission, right? right? Yeah. To just say, like, to, to have a little bit more, right? To go a little deeper.
0: So one of the things you've got with reps is look for green lights. What else?
1: Another thing is to... Uh, encouragement is very disarming Uh you know like everyone's gonna sit (laughs) down whether they are their arms are literally crossed or or you know metaphorically crossed they're gonna be closed off one of the things that we always assume is that when someone's hand hits the handle they pull the door and they walk inside they are struggling with their identity we just assume that okay and and in various forms and so we need to get the zero with that person. We need to get them out of that negative space if struggle exists in order to even have a place to speak into their life at all. And so we do that by encouragement, mm. right? Like no one doesn't like to hear, hey, you look great today. Oh my gosh. Well, like those shoes, girl, you're killing it. Like no one doesn't like to hear the things about themselves that they're putting out there and they're trying to sort of like accomplish and so what that does is that starts to sort of it's like a battering ram against this the, you know being closed off and it starts to break things down gives you a little more permission f- to like really for them to hear your words right yeah. people say nice stuff to us all the time it's just whether or not we our hearts are tuned in to receive it and so it's it's really kind of understanding how to dismantle some of those things that are standing in the way of you and and encouraging them and uh and just kind of like, you know, yeah. encouraging your way to a, a spot where you've got place with them. I'm not sure that
0: people say nice things all the time. You think they do? You think we hear nice things all the time? No. The answer to that is no. <laughs> not, no. I, think that, I think that's part of your secret sauce. Hmm. You know, the fact that you think to yourself every time someone hits the doorknob, job number one is give people some encouragement. Most people do not know how to handle that at all. My, uh, Lib and I were talking about some people uh, we know, and we just said, I don't think anybody encourages them. Hmm. I I don't think I've ever gotten encouragement. And then as a result of which, all their conversation starters is around how something is screwed up, how somebody is doing the wrong thing, how this, because they're in a mindset of, Negativity, mm-hmm. they're not in a mindset of positivity, possibility, encouragement. And that's what encouragement does. Yeah, I think that's man, it's kind of interesting thinking about encouragement. You could think about it from the standpoint of those of us who are followers of Christ, we want to be like Him, we want to put courage into people. We could think about encouragement from the standpoint of I have the opportunity to get somebody to do something that they wouldn't do if someone didn't give them a good word. Or we could also look at encouragement and say, I have the ability to make a lot of jack because I will stand out if I'm an encourager and people will want to be around me. Have you thought about that granularly?
1: Uh,
0: you, yeah. Come on, you can be honest. Yeah, there no,
1: no, no, no. I think that, you know, that that's the balance of this is that yeah there's nothing that I would say that I, I'm, I'm trying to do here that's inauthentic. Right. Um, but at the same time, I know that like, man, that's, that so easily flows from me. And so how to sort of leverage that, I don't even know if that's the right word to use, but yeah. but use that to really kind of create something powerful, right? It's this, you know, it's, it's kind of been the the go juice to what we do is I think people high five and encouragement is synonymous. And so like, you know, there's ways that you can teach a team how to do that. Um, there's a way that you can develop that within yourself. There's a way that, you know, when, when I intentionally walk around the salon, I'm, I'm making sure that I'm checking with everybody because I want them to feel seen. I also know that like that elevates their experience. Their experience is everything for feeling they got value to why they're sitting there. I mean, there's, our industry is thick with competition. So what sets us apart? It's not going to be the hippest, sexiest salon. It's just not, it's also not going to be giving the best haircut. Because that is constantly challenged and that's happening across the city. There's great hairstylists all over Cincinnati. That's that can't be our point of difference as a brand, as mm. a as a culture or team or whatever. Yeah. Like our point of difference has to be something more intrinsic. Yeah. Which is that like, okay, like yes, I can go over here and I can get I can you know get blonde hair. Um but what if I came over here and I got blonde hair but I also left feeling
0: right. better because right. of it. Right. Right. I I, I I don't think that's dirty. I don't think that's gross. I think some of us might think that is, but I don't think it is recognizing that encouragement is one of the things that sets us apart. And we're going to do that um, to bless people and maybe grow the business. I don't think it's any different than me as a preacher saying, okay, I need to make sure that I have something humorous in this talk. I got to make sure I do that. That, that that only gets gross if I am saying I need to be humorous and I'm not actually bringing people Jesus. Or it only gets gross if it's obvious that all I want is for people to laugh and to like me Mm -hmm. that, um, but, but if I'm doing that because I'm trying to create experience so I can build into you, it's not, it's not gross at all.
1: No, I mean, we're, we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. Like that's, that's just, it's funny at high five, you know, sure. Am I the guy that owns it, runs it, my name's on the lease, all those things. Right. But like, I feel like just a part of what's happening. And so that mentality of like, Hey, we're all a part of something bigger, just like you are, you know? Like standing on stage and 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 having that platform, you play you play a role, but it's there's so it's so much bigger than you. Yeah, and so I think that the more people that can kind of catch that vision, the more opportunity that like, man, if 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 I'm not at the salon right now, I'm here with you, and I know that there's clients down there that are feeling loved, they're feeling like their identity strengthened, they're loving their hair, yeah. they're getting confidence built into right, like, and. And that's because of like this culture that right. we've created, right, and the culture that you've helped lead here, you know, and it's through crossroads, um, and your 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 platform. I mean, there's yeah, it's it's such an important part that like that people grab onto that vision together, yeah, right
0: so it's, it's yes, thank you, that I, I agree with you, but let's let's not leave my last line of question because there's so much there I, sure. I, I i I think you're a ninja. I think you're a ninja in ways that you don't even know that you're a ninja. So I'm trying to figure out <laughs> what is strategic in the handbook, in the employee handbook, and then what are just the things I can ask you that you go, oh, yeah, well, I do it this way. Oh, I do it this way. Yeah. So you say you look for green lights. You say encouragement is disarming, which, by the way, you, most of us are never going to frost somebody's hair. Oh, is that a thing? You no. still frost hair? No no we don't <laughs> what do you do now what's it <laughs> <We, a> called? <color? laughs> I, I told I, you i go to gray clips I yeah just have they the, frost uh,
1: hair at gray clips
0: that's, no <laughs> so you do what you do a
1: coloring that we, you know what's it called we would say we we lighten people's hair you
0: like okay yeah
1: that's that would be the modern phrase for that
0: all right okay in addition to lightening people's hair you frost tips frost tips you, you don't put, do frost you,
1: tips you said you well you frost tips and then you put some hair gel in and then you put on a Banging 80s play, playlist and you just like pop your collar and get in your transam and uh that's uh, now that's you're, who frosting. Hey, yeah.
0: <laughs> D do, do you know that's how I met my wife?
1: What that's that was the that was the look.
0: Uh she yeah. I was I was in church, I was checking it out, I might might have gone there to work, it was in Pittsburgh, and she was in the back and she saw the back of my head and she assumed I was some 40-year-old or 35-year-old established person because I was graying. I know I wasn't graying. There was a person I knew who was doing a hair show and she said, if you will let me frost your hair, I'll give you a free haircut, but you got to come to this hair show. I said, Okay, fine. So I'm there frost. She thought I was gray. That's amazing. Now, she she thought, oh, I'm gonna fall for this guy. And actually, crazy thing, she saw the back of my head, never talked to me, never saw my face, and she leaned to her mother and she said, I'm going to marry that guy. What? Yeah.
1: Wow. That must've been a great die job.
0: Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. and then she found out, no, I'm not this established man. I am up to my eyeballs in yeah, credit card debt. i got yeah. tips,
1: babe. That's the only That's thing I got, all got going I got for me. In, in
0: terms of financially, I'm just frosted. That's yeah, all I I'm have. am frosted man. across the board. <laughs> exactly. So let's go back to the, t- the tactics here. Yeah. Either they're in your handbook or you just say, oh, when I do these things, green lights, encouragement is disarming. What else?
1: Yeah. I mean, we, it's a culture of generosity at High Five. Mm. Um, we make the generous assumption of our team, of people. And we lead with that always. Uh, we just know that when, like, when generosity exists, people feel taken care of. They feel seen. They feel like there's enough to go around. There's not scarcity. There's not self-protection, right? When, when you're in a generous environment, like you just, you just feel like, man, everything's good. We're taken care of. So we always lead with generosity, whether it's our words whether it's the way that we, we treat people, whether it's in moments of conflict, whether it's um, even literally, you know, walking in. And we have so many moments, with, especially with clients, right, where we do this thing called BPA, blow people away. And we look and scan for opportunities throughout the salon, throughout the day to make an impact on somebody's day beyond just giving them a great service and great hair. Yes. So maybe it's a, it's a bottle of champagne to celebrate an engagement, Maybe it's a, a thing of flowers because someone's mom just died. Mm. Um, maybe it's they they ran over from their, their meeting and I knew they were headed back to the office. And so, you know, we through conversation, we find out their favorite lunch spot in the area and they walk out with a to-go bag, right? Yeah. And that's all just ways that we can just sort of just show up for people. And, man, generosity is so disarming. Mm. It is. It's unbelievable. Yeah.
0: That's good. What else? Uh Yeah. So, um, how about what you look for? Like cues, like you mentioned something before, which I, I'll say it again, the noticing if somebody is looking in the mirror at themselves, tells you something. So aside from official statements, what do you, what do you look for to give you a sense of would this person, be able to go here. This person probably needs to hear this.
1: Yeah. You know, the 10,000 hour hour rule, right? You're an expert after 10,000 hours. So I'm I'm on my, I, I'm at like 25,000 haircuts at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And, and those average about 45 minutes a, 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 a cut. So um, it, the, the way the cues that, that you can just read with body language, um, someone's sort of, you know, appearance, how they came in, how they sat down, uh, whether or not they're engaging, whether or not they're willing to, you know, you, you can just sort of take those as cues to just say, okay, like this is kind of where this person is today. And you just you, you just set up in your head a little bit like how hard is this gonna be to get to win this person over, right?
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm
1: always trying to win that person over. And wooing. Wooing. Yeah, I
0: like that. I want
1: the trust. I want their because uh, I know if they give me trust, they're gonna let me do what needs to be done with their hair. Sometimes somebody comes in, they're in control, and uh, control's oftentimes in our situation a sign of insecurity. Mm. They're not willing to, to give up the reins. So I know if somebody's really controlling when they walk in with the, with what they want and need, they've either had trauma in the past with their hair, right? Somebody may have frosted their tips before, yeah. <laughs> um, or, uh, or, you know, they've, they've got other areas of their life where, where, you know, they don't feel like they have control. So this is one area that they do. So it's always, I always kind of see that as a personal challenge to like, yeah okay, you know, you're trusting me as an expert. I would say I know what's best for your hair. Um, right. So let's let's get to a place where we can agree that we're doing that together rather than you telling me what I'm going to be doing to you. Right.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by AG1. I gave AG1 a try because I was feeling a bit sluggish, not confident I was getting all the nutrients that I felt that I needed. And I thought, maybe this is an easy solution. So I drink AG1 in the morning. I love doing the morning. I do it on an empty stomach. It forces me to get 12 ounces of water into my system. I love doing something proactive and aggressive to make me feel better and at least give me peace of mind. AG1 is designed With this kind of ease in mind, so you can live healthier and better without having to complicate your routine. Each scoop has 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. So go to drinkag1.com slash aggressive life. That's drinkag1.com slash aggressive life to take control of your health. Check it out. I know what you need on your plates this holiday season because I've had it on mine recently. Flying K Ranch Beef. Oh, my freaking goodness. Holy shnikes. There's benefits to having a podcast that's growing. One of them is the people send you free stuff hoping you'll like it and then talk about it. That's what happened with Flying K Ranch Beef. They sent me a smorgasbord of steaks. They are mouth-watering. The burgers are incredible. And the roasts make family dinner a breeze. They're located in Findlay, Ohio. Flying K Ranch has no hormones or antibiotics. So it's basically like when I go elk hunting or deer hunting or something like that. It's pure, pure meat. They raise their cattle on pastures just the way cattle like it. Flying K Ranch is a family business partnering with Ohio State Nutrition Program, Beef Quality Assurance, and Certified Angus Beef National, ensuring happy results for both cattle and people. That's a lot of words just to say this. The beef is amazing. Order it now. Get it on your table over the holidays, and you will not be disappointed because I have not. Find out more and place your orders at FlyingKRanchAngus.com. That's FlyingKRanchAngus.com. And now I'm hungry. I wonder also... How much your student ministry your youth ministry past influenced this because a lot of this stuff i 'm thinking. That's exactly if you're in student ministry, what you got to do. You've got you got you got to have kids leave in your event when they feel better about themselves and they came in. You got to have some sort of environment that enables them to connect. You've got to recognize that kids are just not doing well. It's the hardest time to be a kid, and it's always been the hardest time, and it just yeah. keeps getting harder. Yeah. You've got to be able to. No one wants to be around a, a sourpuss student pastor. Right. No, no one wants that, right? I wonder. How many of those things, when you're inculturated in that, just easily translated over?
1: I mean, I would say the most important thing is friendship. Like, when, some, when you feel like someone wants to be your friend, that changes everything. And, like, a good youth minister, like, I've, my kids are in, in, a, in an organization called Young Life. Yeah. I can't tell you how blown away I am constantly by the fact that these 20-year-olds dedicate 20 to 30 hours of their week— right? When they could be hanging out with friends, partying at college, whatever, right? Playing video games. I don't know. Like they could be choosing whatever they'd like to do with their life at that point. Yeah. And they're hanging out with my teenagers for 20 to 30 hours a week and they literally enjoy it. Yeah. They want to be their friend. That's so. And I'm like, okay, well then I watch how much that impacts my kids. How willing they're, they're just, they totally trust these guys. They totally feel seen by them. And that is one of the hardest times in our life. We're, we are, we, I, I'm sure a lot of parents would almost use the word insufferable, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. Teenagers are challenging. Yeah. So when you see somebody at that age that makes a massive influence in their life, and they're like, yeah, I just do this. Why? Because I want to be your friend. Honestly, that's why I do what I do, because I just want to be people's friend, mm-hmm. right? Oh, we're exchanging money. This is some sort of, like, transaction that's happening, like, at the cash register. But, like, above all else, like, I just want to be your friend. Yeah. And that is, like, that is the secret sauce. I think... As long as that continues to be the mission of what we do, that we we do this because we want to be people's friends, we will continue to win. We will continue to have success. Burnout will be at a minimum. I think creativity will always be there because there's the uh, th- that's the ulterior motive. Like that's how we measure success. It's not how much money we made last year, or it's not how much influence we have on Instagram, or it's not how many awards we win. It's like no, like we if we get to the end of the year and we're like, man, we we. We strengthen friendships and we have a lot more friends this year. Like, I feel like based on our values, we can say we did it. High five. Let's give some, let's, you know, that's a successful year.
0: If you've got 15 chairs going at once, 35 people on payroll, are you the the largest uh, place in the city of Cincinnati?
1: There's, there's salons that – there's so many different models for salons. Right. I would say we are a mid-size salon. Um, the mid-sized salon. big size, really? Uh, we're, we're probably the mid to large. You know, there's like the the bigger salons like Mitchell's and, you know, there's one that isn't all around anymore like Identity. They would have 80 stylists working there.
0: In one location, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Real, have, really? And then usually, How many chairs, though, in one location? Uh, a ton.
1: Okay. You know, 50 stations. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But, you know, obviously that changes – the clients in the culture, right? And there's nothing wrong with with creating a business like that. It's just for me, I think because that relationship piece is so vital to what a high-five experience is like, I'm not interested in what we have to give up in order to achieve
0: that, right? I'm not interested to say— Yeah, but you recognize there's people who are stylists of three chairs who would say the same thing about you at 15 chairs.
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, I think every threshold's
0: (laughs) different, right? Everybody thinks that a church that's larger than the one they go to is too large. Absolutely. everyone killing Every. the person who is a 75 person church or going to a 200 people church yeah, that feels I mean, too big everyone everyone feels and it's got a
1: million reasons why right i think i think what i know about myself and how much i uh where my strengths are um it's not in systems i don't build systems um i build relationships and i would say you start to push into more of a systematized business model, okay It starts to lose like the secret sauce that I've got, right? Because we've had the opportunity to grow you know you know over the years in a ton of different ways, and we've 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 sort of pursued different growth plans like and, and strategies as a brand you know a ton. but um I think for just knowing myself and knowing how I'm wired, this feels like that sweet spot.
0: Well, I think that's a really good uh, a good awareness. I, th- I think we could go down the path of I could probably try to dissuade you that you don't have to give up yourself. You don't have to give up your culture to go big. I would say places like Chick-fil-A and stuff have done that. I would say, but, but, what you just said is really critical. And it's, you said, I, I don't want to. I, I really think that's cool. I've got this. One of the podcasts I listen to is a piece of gear that I bought. It's a uh, hunting backpack, XL Mountain gear. I like it a lot, XL Mountain Gear. And they were taking Q&A on their podcast from from people, and they they asked things like, uh, why don't you have a uh, waterproof waterproof uh, rain cover for your backpacks? And he said, well, I don't, you know, I don't know. I just I just don't see a need for it. I just don't say it doesn't really rain that much. And when it does, ours are somewhat water-resistant. And then they asked him another question, like, why don't you... Why don't you have a holder for your uh, – why don't you get into – and he would say, well, I don't have a holder for that because I just don't find that that's very necessary when I backpack. And I'm like, well, why don't, you, why don't you sell a backpack? This, and like, well, I just really don't want to get in do that in our business because everything – he had no reasonable answer other than he basically was saying, I started and run the business and I simply don't want to. Because yeah. I know what I want for my life. And I yeah. was like, okay, that's really interesting. Because it doesn't make sense that you wouldn't have a rainproof cover, but it does make sense if you're just saying as a business owner, it's just complexity and difficulty I don't want. And I think as leaders, many of us are afraid to do that. We, we think we always have to be on the upward chart trying new things. And maybe, maybe you like your life the way it is right now. Maybe you just ought to keep it just the way it is right now.
1: You know, I think there's there's different ways to scale what we do. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be through people um, and personnel and growing our team. That, that's the entrepreneurial like 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 climb, right? You you do right. your thing, you do it well, you systematize it, and next thing you know, you've got a franchise, you've got you know twelve locations, and then you can say, yes, I'm successful. I think what is the paradox to how we measure success is that it is it's 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 so much as equally financially, um, and business growth as it is people and relationships. Those two things sometimes come in opposition. Right. And so I'm, you know, again, like there's not a right or wrong way to do that. The thing though, that we've been able to do is that because we see it differently, other people come to us and they say, you know, how do you do this? Why do you do this? Teach us how to do this, right? And it's the ability to then say, okay, we think about this differently. Let's, let's lead other teams and teach other teams how to do this well.
0: That's where I wanted to go next. So you are scaling this. You're not scaling it from the standpoint of getting more people on payroll, more facilities, more bottom line revenue for people who are paying you to do haircuts, but you scaled this with a thing called hair camp. Yes, sir. Tell us. I, I was like, you do what? Hair camp, I'm a big campy guy. Hair camp, I'm big on man camp, couples camp, woman camp. Hair camp, what is hair camp? This is awesome. Yeah,
1: I mean, hair camp's vision really came from a place of summer camp kid growing up, right? Yeah, and then I've, I've just like you, I love to get rugged, get out in the woods, um, test myself against the elements, right? Uh, I would say that hair camp is less of that and more of the idea of that,
0: yeah, because you're inside.
1: Well, um, we always, we, so what we do, we activate a campground. Um, the campground we've worked with in the past has been Camp Joy, which is north of the city. Okay. Yeah. And it really, what we're saying is like, Hey, come into this experience, come to this place. We, it's, it's somewhere between two and 300 hairstylists, salon owners that come and throughout the weekend, it's this combination of summer camp programming of retreat, some leadership and creativity. And so we're making sure that we're firing on all those cylinders all day long. Just like a camp schedule, you know, it starts rise and shine in the morning, and it goes all day until the evening. And it's just like it, it, we are so hardwired to be in our settings that make us comfortable. Like people don't like to get uncomfortable. Hair camp is all about making you uncomfortable so mm. that you learn new things, mm. right? The element of the idea of learning new things in an in environment of discomfort is so powerful. I mean you've seen that with camps, yes, right. right. Yeah, it's – it's the power of camps is not um, necessarily the content you're sharing. It's that you are disarming people with yeah. this discomfort uh, so that they can actually tune into what they're saying, experiencing, and hearing.
0: They're just hoping those people aren't going to be on ropes courses and break their fingers and lose their livelihood.
1: Yeah, I mean that's, <laughs> that, that would not be good, right. but we're insured for that, so um, oh, just man. in case. But yeah, um, and so really it is, it's about teaching people how to build cultures like this at the salons that they are influence over, what it looks like to be generous with your team, what it looks like to communicate well, what it looks like to have a strong brand identity, to understand your key customer, how to speak to them, how to create an experience for them, to understand who your competitors are, do an analysis of that, and, and really saying, okay, where do we fit in and how do we win, um, to understand what's our core values as a brand, you know, what are the five things that like we stand for that are unshakable? Yeah. And you know, like things are going to ebb and things are going to flow right through the course of a business. That's not if it's when, and when they do, do we align with our values? Right. For, for the language that I've heard you say before, what are the hills we die on? And I the think Sam Hills, the Sam Hills, or the
0: Sam Hills we die on.
1: Yeah. And yes. I think like as a leader, the most important thing to do is establishing that for the thing you're leading. And as long as those things are in place, man, bring it on, bring on hard times, bring on good. Those things stay aligned, right?
0: I love that because I hear what you're saying is we're, I could keep growing the business. I could get more hairstylists, could get more bottom line revenue. And maybe you should do that, but let's assume you're never going to do that. But what you're saying is, I think what I'm hearing you saying is, I do have a heart to grow things. I just want to grow other people's things and I want to try something new.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hair camp. Where'd you get this idea from? Is, is there ever, there's never been a thing with hair camp before. Have there? do hairstylists go away to other cities to have camps?
1: Uh, the camp part is the, the, the point of difference yeah. for that experience. Um, we learn a lot as, as an industry. We're always doing education, learn how to do new techniques you know the latest and greatest in hair you know growing up a summer camp kid being a part of communities that valued like these experience and you know i'm not gonna lie uh the things you guys are doing here at crossroads and i've seen the impact that camp has had i've personally experienced that i'm like okay what would it look like if we applied this to the hair industry and yeah it's it's amazing to watch it blow people's minds
0: i have to ask you said the latest and greatest in the hair industry. Is there a latest and greatest? Oh, you, you you cut the hair, you frost the hair. What?
1: Oh, I mean, the the trends <laughs> are ever evolving.
0: Like, like, give me an example. I'm, I, I like hearing about industries that are, that I'm not a part of. Like, wh- what would be a technique for hair?
1: So we're so driven by uh, it's a visual. It's visual. Hair's okay. visual, yeah. right? So who leads visual culture for 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 our society? It's it's Hollywood. It's influencers. It's Instagram. And so they are the ones that sort of setting the pace, right? The people that have the half-million right. followers. Hailey Bieber last week dyed her hair brown, right? It's brunette. It's brown. We've called it that for years. But her hairstylist is now calling it cinnamon cookie butter is the color of Hailey Bieber's hair. Oh, well, now what's, what is TikTok you know, saying the new fall trend is, right? Vintage Burnett I saw the other day on TikTok, right? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a re-sort of imagining of things that we have come to recognize as, um, as you know, trends. And, and so.
0: But that seems like branding or remarketing. That doesn't seem like a haircutting technique.
1: Well, then cinnamon cookie butter is a tone of brown. Right. So
0: instead of it just
1: being like, okay, it's brown, there's a spectrum to brown. There's a spectrum to All blonde. Right. Okay. There's nuances that then define... The, the sort of nuanced visual nature of a color or of a shape or of a cut, similar to like anything, any other creative industry, architecture interesting. or design or, you know, like w- words are words. Typeface is typeface, right? You type it out and it comes up on the computer right. screen. Well, some designer has painstakingly made Times new or New Roman Times, right? right. Like like that's – the and there's a reason why every single one of those letters will look the way it does. Hair is no different. And so it's, you know, it is so informed by culture, society, what's happening that, like, there's this constant need or demand for us to sort of fit into what is the look.
0: Is this cinnamon coconut cookie butter? Is that it? (laughs) So what? What? I'm I'm doing the work. I'm baby stepping. What is it again? Uh, cinnamon. What's it called? The thing is with these stupid names. <laughs> they're so
1: dumb. Right. And like whenever I hear them out loud, I'm like, so I'm I said it right. Then. Did I say it right? You didn't. It's cinnamon. Cinnamon cookie butter. Cinnamon and I'm like, I throw up a little bit in my mouth every time <laughs> I say it. I'm like, are we really calling it this?
0: <laughs> All right. You know,
1: it just gets the biggest eye okay. roll. Okay.
0: So, with cinnamon cookie <laughs> butter, is the application technique the same as it would be with another color?
1: Not always. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh.
0: Yeah. What, what, what's different?
1: I mean, we, so if you come to our color room, I'll have you on the salon. Okay. We'll, we'll do a color mixing class. I'll teach you how to mix color. All right? Right. So we work from a the color wheel and uh the values of that wheel gets put into the bowl of goop, that mm-hmm. is the hair color. Mm-hmm. And it's on a spectrum from green, all the colors of the rainbow to red. Okay? Right. And Each one of those, depending on the amount, you've seen the mixed paint, you know, at Sherwin-Williams or something like that. You see, like, you're like, I ordered white. Why are you putting blue in? Well, because you ordered a cool white. So it's that same concept that, like, we add these tonal values to then get this result. So cinnamon cookie butter is a cool yet warm yet soft translucent brunette right Mm -hmm. um is 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 what that color ultimately results in and so yeah i mean there's there's a lot of chemistry and knowledge that comes into like pulling out the nuance
0: interesting yeah so you can you can just come up with a new color combination hopefully name it and then people are going to want your thing it could be you know frosty poop smear or something like yeah, that, anything. Yeah,
1: right, yeah. I mean, and, and it'll last for about 15 minutes, uh, right, okay, until Haley Bieber changes her hair again, which is going to be next week. So it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 like a dog chasing its tail, right? We are a slave to trends. We help perpetuate them. We see them coming. We do them. We We let them go. But, like, it's just this constant relationship yeah. with, like, what's happening in the world of hair. Like, we want to sort of be immersed in that. So that way the client's leaving our chair always are on trend, um, and uh, we are always sort of ahead of the game on that as a salon.
0: So are you saying that you're sick of that, or do you embrace that because that's part of what drives it's, revenue? It's the beast of
1: burden. It's the nature of, of the whole deal. I, I'm, not, I'm not sick of it. I'm a little bit of a sucker for trend as I'm sitting across from you today. We're dressed quite different. Um, and you so you think we're dressed different? I don't know. I got the gold chain. I got the okay, the tank. Okay. You
0: know, all right. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I would, I, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm not looking <laughs> at you going though that. I would never, I would never wear the gold chain. I would never do that, and I would never have my shirt. Would you ever un- do
1: the the tank top underneath of the shirt?
0: I would if I was buttoning up the shirt. People but you
1: never just go straight. tank No, top? that's
0: for people who are overweight trying to hide the fact that they're overweight. <laughs> and you're not. And you're not overweight. I don't get that. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just calling it the I way it know. is. I
1: don't know what I'm going to do with that <laughs> well, later. Well,
0: well, what you're not going to do is discourage somebody who walks into your salon and say, hey, your shirt's unbuttoned. You must be overweight and feel bad about yourself. You know, yeah, you're not going to say that. we won't go there. No. <laughs> no, but I don't think you look utterly off-brand of me. I mean, I, I would have... Sure. I, I, now, again, what do I know about fashion? I know, like, nothing at all, but... If if someone's listening to this and going, oh, BT really wanted somebody who's different from them, someone who's in the haircut industry, they they might have been picturing in their mind, sure. I don't know, flamboyant, yellow polyester. I don't know what's yeah. cool and hip, you know, but no, oh, you look pretty normal to me.
1: Great. yeah I hope you're I not mean, offended
0: that no. I said you look normal. No,
1: I, I think there is a, I think that's another, another thing about being the dude at the business is that you are synonymous with the brand. Hmm. Probably something you can relate to. Yeah. And so I think you make intentional choices to you know, we we charge people a lot of money to come to High 5 and do what we do to their hair. Yeah. Um so there has to be this luxury elevated element, right, to the brand. It also needs to feel like you can trust us. So there needs to be this accessibility. So it's that balance between I'm going to trust this person to take care of my identity and uh specifically my hair i'm gonna pay them a lot of money to do it but i also can't feel like you know they're pretentious and yeah. and above me so there has to be a relatability so those things are intentional you know i i coming back to never cutting your hair this was actually a powerful statement you made and i don't even know if you remember this i was early on in the career you guys were giving me a shot here and i was coming in doing christmas fun for the staff oh, yeah. and uh we do haircuts and we'd line them up. We do, we probably, I would probably do 20 haircuts a day. Yeah. I'd be I here for that. three days. I'd probably cut 60 people's hair for crossroads. Yeesh. I don't think you sat, no, this was years ago. I don't think you ever sat down in the chair and I was giving you a hard time about it. I was like, why? And you said, because I don't necessarily care. Like you, you, you said earlier today, right? Great clips is for you. And you said, I also don't want to feel like I need to care. And I think you consciously have made that decision over the years to, with your identity and your personal brand, to not be preachers with sneakers and, uh, like, and yeah, right. um, you know, right. dripping out in Gucci on stage and like a lot of guys that are in your position have chosen. Yeah. And I think that speaks to your values, which is I want to disarm people just like you do. Right. And I think that's probably why we feel interesting so closely aligned in, in our mission, interesting, which is we're doing the same thing.
0: Yeah, that's oh, it's Do you remember that? I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah, does that sound like you? It does sound like me, and I still think about that. And I also would have not wanted to do it because everyone wanted it, and I wouldn't want to take the slot from a staff person who would really, really appreciate it. Sure. Uh, and I'm, I, th- if I think back to that, probably the only thing I would have been concerned with is if you would have thought that I was devaluing your art in you. Hmm. You know, that's, yeah, yeah. That would have been the only thing that's painful. But I was interested in kind of getting that same thing from a different uh, level, I was going to ask you, because I ask myself this regularly, you talked about your appearance. Do you think that you would think about your appearance as much as you do if you weren't in the industry that you're in?
1: I, I asked myself that quite a bit. I mean, we're I'm spending... 10 hours a day in front of a mirror. Yeah. (laughs) So like, what has that, what sort of trauma has that done? You know, that's a whole, that's a whole counseling session. Wow. But, um, I thinking back to sort of childhood and, and how much that mattered to me even then. Yeah, I would say so. I would say that's why I'm in the instrument, um, because it does matter to me and it's, it's easy for it to matter. It's not, it doesn't plague me. You know, it's not like something I like pine over, but, um, I'm interested in it for sure.
0: My, th- my personal oh, – I was going to say brand, not brand, conviction, my personal conviction. When I do what I do, I just don't want people to think about me. <laughs> I just, it, it was actually very difficult to make the decision to start uh, doing some social media promotions for – maybe the aggressive life for man camp it was re- I had to really cross over a bridge on that because I really didn't want to do personal promotion. Now I, I see it as it's just necessary to let people know who could be helped. Yeah. But when it comes to like what I wear or how I looked, I want to just, I want to disappear. Mm-hmm. So I used to air too far on the other side. I never bought clothes. Never, never. And people be going, I've seen that shirt dozens of times over the last 10 years Seriously? Can you you know and then 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 I and then I'm a distraction. Yeah. I'm a distraction because they're going, dude, get some new clothes. On the other hand, uh there's people who I'm distracted by where I'll go I've never seen you wear the same thing twice. Yeah. And it just makes you think you're preaching. You're thinking: Does he have an expense account that does all that stuff? How much, in, how much time in front of the mirror does he spend looking himself in the mirror? Does he strategically think about his clothes on a Tuesday? Does he, I, and I'm, and all these things could be fine questions, but I'm saying, I'm asking myself those questions when I would rather would be just listening to you. So you just go away. It's like Disney. They've got a color, which I'm trying to find out what color it is. Have you heard this color that Disney has is invented? No. So they're doing always doing construction there. Yeah. They have a I think it's a blue that they have invented and they have a patent on, which to the human eye is the least noticeable color and makes everything vanish. Wow. Yeah. Because they don't want people to see the construction sure. or don't notice this over there. So whatever this co- it I'm just not a, color, it just gets painted that color. Just gets painted that color. And it decreases the likelihood anyone's going to notice it. Yeah, I want to do that with me.
1: Just step out of the way.
0: Just, ste- ju- just and, and step. Just step out of the way. And
1: Let the stuff that's matters matter.
0: Right now, I'm aware of my of my um, of my presence. I do wonder. I do think would I work out as frequently as I do, if I wasn't on stage, hmm. I don't know. I yeah. I might I might not. Yeah. But there again, I I don't want to. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't want me being out of shape or me being in hyper shape and having tight T-shirts on stage to just distract from it. So that I don't know. That's what I'm thinking anyway. I don't know how it got How did it get into me? Because you always do this, you artsy, you artsy hairstyles people. We just start talking about ourselves. Yeah, I'm sorry.
1: No, it's we've created a place for that. You have no. I you know I th- I think what's interesting clothing and hair those are synonymous. Like that's hair is an accessory. Yeah. And so I think it's 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 really people thinking about what statement are they making about themselves. Clothes are the same way, right? And so you just sort of laid out there. Here's here's what you can know about Brian yeah. through what I've chose to wear, and yeah. and the fact that like you don't come to high five, you go to great clips. Here's what we can know about Brian, and we can joke and say, oh, it's because you're cheap, or it's because you know like your, the, your standard for, for qualities low or something like that. I we wouldn't
0: won't... say joke. Yeah. Those, those are true. <laughs> that's why you, you can grab, those are, those are both when it comes to haircuts. Yes, I am cheap. I buy a lot of other expensive right, shit. Right, let me tell you what, right, yeah, when it yeah, comes to haircuts, yes, a lot, a lot, <laughs>
1: but like, but you know, I think, but then when you get to know your story, who you are, like that totally aligns, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And so that's what I love about, about hair, is that it's so individual and representative of the person's individuality. I like that, and it's really cool to kind of come into that space with them, and they give you permission to be like, "Hey, like I, this is these are the parameters we're working within. Give me the best version of me, right? Yeah. Don't give me the best version of like some celebrity or some Pinterest board or something like that. Give me the best version of of me. Right. I think that's what right. that that because we can take images that we see online and we can put them on people's heads. But like it's going to look like someone's wearing a wig. Yeah. It's going to look inauthentic. It's really how you take them and you adapt the things that are inspiring them or exciting them yeah. and you put that on their head, that's when the magic happens, right? Cuz it's that sweet spot of like who they are and who they aspire to be, yeah. right? I think clothing's the same way. It's it's who we are, but it's also what we want people to know about ourselves.
0: Well, no, I think you've already nailed it, too. It depends on what industry we're in. It makes total sense yeah. that the Beavers would have to be pushing it because that's part of their – People are looking for brand. that every
1: day. Right. They're scrutinizing that.
0: I just don't think when it comes to a pastor that people are looking for someone to push it and be on the edge and always be hip. and Unless you're, unless you're in L.A. dealing with the fashion industry. Sure. I think that, that's different. If that's your audience. Okay. Last question for you. Two, two questions. We're done. One, now, now we're talking about me. I'm just curious because I was looking at my hair this morning as I was – my normal thing. I get like, up in the morning. I do all my stuff. I put a little sprinkle of water on my hair. I get, uh, get the forming cream, make sure I just get my calyx in order. If I was your client, hmm. what would you tell me?
1: Well, I've never seen your hair longer than this. You've kept it this length for a while. So I think it would be kind of fun to grow it out a little bit, get the sides mm-hmm. a little longer. Interesting. Enough to kind of push back. Okay. Uh, I'm not talking like man bun, but I think having a little bit of flow going on, uh, cause I know there's some curl in there, right?
0: There is a little bit of wave. Was well, when I was younger. So I think maybe I, I, did... I got more now. i take taking testosterone injections. So maybe I'll come back to it. I don't that. Know.
1: That might. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and, uh, I think we, I think we'd see what was, what things look like as we let the hair grow out a little bit.
0: I was doing that a few years ago and then I immediately cut it off. Do you know why I immediately cut it off? Cause it was just annoying the heck out of you. Uh, Sort of, but no. Someone said, "Oh, you're trying to be like Joel Osteen."
1: <laughs> I said, you're like disassociate, disassociate. I'm going to great Clips <laughs> right now. You just grab a pair right of now. And no buzz offense on head. Joel;
0: he's really, really a good dude. Really, really yeah. a good dude. It's like I don't want people looking at me thinking Joel Osteen. Yeah. We're very different. God bless Joel Osteen. I do mean that. God bless. God he's bless a, he's a good man. Good he does man. Like, have a bit
1: of a five head, though. Uh, it's well, you think I don't? No, you still got a good hairline. Oh, come on, dude! You my do, my man. forehead's so
0: big as a five head. No,
1: I think you're more like a four and a half head.
0: You think? Yeah. Okay. You're All good. Right. You're All right. good.
1: I, I think we could get little Patrick. Well, gimmicky. I got enough
0: narcissists. I do have an. I do at least have some narcissism in me. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll think about that. So you just, think? Just you think if I idea. took it longer, uh, uh, give yeah. me some more possibility. You don't think I would look like Mountain Man, whatever, or
1: I mean, isn't that? Doesn't that feel about right? You know, a little mountain man like sexy mountain but man But don't you
0: need to put it in a little man bun to be true no, man? no 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 no
1: no that's too far. Just a little bit of flow. A little bit of body volume.
0: The problem is that I got more 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 maintenance every day. You know? See, I this, get up and, and, a... and herein lies the challenge. Yeah, it
1: does. It's cause, you know? Yeah. This, this is you're dialed, man. This is what you do.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's a good push. No, I asked you because I wanted some real ideas and I don't know. I need to think about that.
1: Yeah. Because what ends up happening is you put so many parameters in place that like, then we just do what you're doing now. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it, 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 yeah. it, it, it's sort of like how, how big of a difference can we make if right. we're only allowed to have a little bit of a little bit to play with,
0: you know? The problem is I'm not, I'm not like dirt over there. Dirt, dirt grows like two inches of hair a day. <laughs> I'm not kidding around. Literally his <laughs> I'm beard has gotten around. longer as we, oh, as as we 100%, sat here. hundred percent right. <laughs> yeah, right. Like exactly. two inches a day. <laughs>
1: I, it's, I'm impressed, Angel.
0: I'm an old man. You know, I'm I'm like a sixteenth of an inch a month or something right. like that. No, He's two inches a day. That's hardcore dirt. Yes. All right. Second to last question. What do you want to talk about that I haven't asked you? What did you think that we should have talked about that we haven't talked about?
1: I'm in an interesting phase with being an entrepreneur. Hmm. You know, like we've we we started 13 years ago. We've put our hand to the plow. With strategy and intention, and we have, we have set the field, planted, and we have had the harvest, right? Yeah. And it continues to, to, to be, you know, I feel like what we're doing is, is awesome. Our team continues to thrive and grow. Um, you know, we hit our goals financially with revenue and profit. And we, I would, you know, if, if you measure us against the salons in the city, we're the top salon in the city, arguably in the Midwest, we're known throughout the country. I've got a position of influence within the industry mm-hmm. from a leadership perspective, yeah. and I would say for the first t- twenty years of me doing this, and really we've been a business for thirteen. But the there's this insatiable, uh, unquenchable like hunger for just let's freaking go, right? And I you so after after thirteen years of owning a business, I'm to this point now where I'm like, I want to. I want my impact to to continue to be big but I want it to start to be in others. Right? I want to I want to get from from away from like it's about me growing this thing and it's about seeing others people's grow. And so it's just it's just sitting in that interesting place right now as a leader and as an entrepreneur. What to kind of do with that process that, right? Yeah. And so I just it's it's just been a it's been a good kind of introspective existential journey right now that I'm on.
0: When I started Crossroads and we started Crossroads way back when, which anybody who's trying to be selfless, we always struggle with I, like you're saying, we, we, we. And I do say we too, because there was people here before Crossroads started and since. So it is a we, but then there's that personal journey you go into with the I. Mm -hmm. There was a mentor of mine, Early in the days of Crossroads, so I would have challenges with how to add another services, uh, another service, how to find the right staff, how to whatever, how to pay structure, whatever. And I would call him up, and he would tell me what it was. I, I've gosh, got it, perfect, yes. And then at some point, I called him up and I told him my problem, told him I was dealing with, and he said, "Well, no one knows what you need to do better than you." And I thought. Uh, okay, I, I guess Steve was just kind of lonely here today. And I hung up the phone, and said, oh, whatever that happens. The guy's tired, whatever. Next time I call him up, same thing. I give him the problem, give him what I'm dealing with. And he says, well, no one knows that you need to do better than you. Hmm. And I, and at that point, I said, well, phew, I'm, I'm not calling this guy. Like, forget that. To I me, mean, just obviously he's checked out. When, what I came to realize... Was what he was saying was, you're now reaching a level in your organization, in the vision that God's given you, where the standard questions don't have standard answers anymore. You know, uh, cover bands don't change the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, when we go to a bar, we want to hear a cover band, because it's music we know, but the that isn't, that that quote quote from a friend of our mutual friend of ours, Todd Henry, uh, because... It's the people who write the original music that actually changes the world, changes the conversation. And so early on with you, it was the basic brushstrokes of creating your art of how do I frost? Hair? How do I, What's the technique with my fingers, Ron? How do you set up a building? So all that. And then eventually you get to a place where there's a handle. And then it becomes like, you can't look to your right or left because now you're only in category. No one else is trying to be who you are. And now there's, There's no standard answers because you're asking questions. No one else has asked because you're doing things. No one's ever done. That's where you are, Sam. You're, you're, uh, it doesn't mean you're better than anybody. It just means you're getting to that sweet place where you're actually able to hear and act on the voice of God in a way that no one else is able to, because you're his unique child (laughs) and he's got a unique thing for you. And, uh, Everyone wants to think they're unique. You're not unique when you're 21. You're just trying to figure out basic brushstrokes of how to do your job. You get to a place where, where you are being faithful. Yeah, your life is going to look different and you're going to make different decisions like whether to expand your business or not and instead put that energy into hair camp. So all that around to say, I'm encouraged by you, man. You're, you're really asking the right questions, doing the right things. And I would say be true to yourself, but that's, atheists can say that and that's fine. I'm saying you're being true to the voice of God and who he's made you to be. Well done. It's exactly what I wanted wanted you on this podcast.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah. All right. So, Dirt, I think we went over our time. We're we're about good here. Hey, folks. Well, the reason I wanted to have uh, Sam on isn't just because he's a good dude. And gave me a reason to have an hour with you or an hour and seven minutes, which I normally don't have.
1: We we killed two birds with one stone. I know.
0: It's great. But also, I wanted to have another— lifestyle, another occupation, to just tickle people's minds and go, oh, wow, I could make some aggressive moves in my day job. I-, I could do some things that may be out of the norm for people who have my kind of occupation. Yes, that's why it's called the aggressive life. I don't know what your, your life is. I don't know where it's going. I don't know what you could be doing, but I do know this. There's other things that you could do. There are aggressive moves you could do to bless others and Bless your future. Let's go after doing those. And Sam, do you have any personal information or Facebook accounts or so? Give yourself an advertisement here if you yeah, want. Check us, yeah,
1: check us out. We are always wanting to make new friends, so come to the salon and be our friend. High Five Salon. We're down on Race Street in Cincinnati, Ohio. You can check us out on Instagram. It's at High Five Salon. Follow me at Sammy Lee Hills on Instagram. And yeah, we'd love to meet you. Book an appointment. Come see what we're doing.
0: See you uh, in a year.
1: Yeah, I I <laughs> promise you. Um, I promise you, it'll be the best haircut and, you've ever had.
0: There you go. And hair camp. Put a plug for that. How does someone get to hair camp?
1: Yeah, hair camp. Um, I'm moving into a consulting role with hair camp. So I'm now working with companies across the country, uh, teaching them how to create experiences for their teams. Oh, um, cool. And uh, there's actually some cool stuff in the works right now with that that I'm pretty hyped about. So yeah, not really able to say at this point, but we're working on some really cool next level stuff
0: with that. Fantastic. So there you have it, folks. Let's grab a hold of your life and make it unique because it is unique. Thanks, Sam. Great having you here. We'll see you next time on The Aggressive Life. Thanks for joining us on this journey toward aggressive living. Find more resources, articles, past episodes and live events over at bryantome.com. My new books, repackaged edition of the Five Marks of a Man and a brand new Five Marks of a Man tactical guide are open right now on Amazon. If you haven't yet, leave this podcast a rating and review. It really helps get the show in front of new listeners. And if you want to connect, find me on Instagram, at Brian Tome. The Aggressive Life is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.